Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It's happening. It is happening. Uh, get your Bible, get something to make a note with, and come on into the classroom. We've been, we've been learning, we've been growing, we've been getting answers, and we're going to go further today. Father, all of us agree together is touching this, asking you, open our eyes and our ears and hearts, open the scriptures to us, and help us to see how things really are, and, and who you are in your ways, and, and what really works, and what doesn't, so we can avoid it. And we give you the thanks and praise. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, our teacher and guide. Thank you for all your gracious and kind help. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look please in Hebrews, the third chapter again, as we continue in our study that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. In Hebrews 3 and 7, it says, this is the New Living Translation, it says, the Holy Spirit says, today... When you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. When they tested me, God said. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. They tested God, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. Hardened their hearts. And tested, the King James says tempted, but God can't be tempted with evil, can't even tempt him to do anything evil or bad, can't be tempted with evil. So what it's talking about, they in their minds are testing God, trying to get him to prove something to them. And this kind of goes with this, this wrong idea that seeing is believing. Well, show me and, and let me see it and I'll, I'll accept it. Well, by nature of what faith is, seeing does not produce faith. Faith is a choice and faith comes by hearing. Faith in God comes by hearing what God has said. And when you hear what God has said and you understand what he said, uh, then you've you got to make a choice. Do you believe it or not? And God will not force anyone to believe him. He just won't do it. Because then, would it be faith anymore? If he forced you, if he made you believe him, can you have real belief and faith without a choice? You can't. It's like you can't have real love or real faithfulness, or loyalty. You can't have it unless there's a choice. 
And so God has given us a choice, free will. He, he won't override it. And so we're being warned here not to do what they did in hardening the heart and in trying to test God. So go with me, if you would, back to uh, Exodus again. Exodus. And let's see the account that he's talking about because this um, two names are given to what happened at this place, Massa and Meribah. And these are referred to later on in Deuteronomy. They're referred to several different places in later scripture because it was an event where they tempted God. And Jesus, even referring to what referred to this, quoted it in the wilderness when the enemy was pushing him about things. He said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And that word could be translated test. You shall not test the Lord your God. Let's talk about what that means. In this uh, 17th chapter of Exodus... This is the sixth incident of the ten that we're studying right now. The previous ones being in chapter 14, 15, 16. And though they have had many opportunities to choose to believe God, at every juncture they're choosing to doubt Him. They've already had water issues before at Marah and saw how God delivered them. They've already had food issues They're out in the desert. There are no stores out here. There are no farms. There's nothing. But this is, uh, you know, God didn't intend for them to stay out there for 40 years. But he did intend, it was his plan, to bring them through here and demonstrate how he can take care of you anywhere. In any situation. Not just for them, but we're still talking about it today. Right? All these generations and centuries later, God, you know, we we talked about this manna thing. Um, The Bible says, it gives you the measurements of how much manna each person gathered. It was about two quarts, two dry quarts. And it works out to about 4.6 pounds of food per person, per day. And if you look at the modern statistics of the average, what a uh, person eats, three to five pounds. (laughs) (laughs) 4.6. And uh, we're talking two, maybe 2.5 million people times four and a half pounds a day for 40 years. This is billions of pounds of food. From where? (laughs) Not the store. Not the farm. Out of the sky. It fell out of the sky. From the atmosphere. Now all the elements are up there. In the gases We know there's water up there. You see the clouds. Well, there's other stuff up there too. In the atmosphere. And all God did was 
extract it into a flake. <laughs> and you gather enough of the flakes in, put them together, you got four or five pounds of food that when you would boil it or bake it, they said it tasted like wafers with honey. <laughs> and they lived on it every day for 40 years. Somebody say, wow. <laughs> is that wow or is that, huh? And God is demonstrating, I went into all that just to talk about, he's demonstrating. I can feed you anywhere. Well, if he made the heavens and the earth, if he made food, if he made the body, why couldn't he feed you anywhere? Is this applicable to us today? Oh, it is. Every human being on the planet. You need to be so confident. God can feed me anywhere. Is that right? God can meet my needs anywhere. In any geographic location, in any city or continent where I am, in any economy, with any government, with anything that's going on, it doesn't matter what's going on, in any area of life, I will still be taken care of. God can do it anywhere. Somebody say, God can do it anywhere. He can, he can feed me anywhere. He can meet my needs anywhere. And why he allowed these situations to keep occurring is another opportunity for him to show them and demonstrate. And so here they've seen ten signs and wonders in Egypt. They've seen the Red Sea split. They've seen the waters of Mara change. They've gotten food. They even had fresh quail flown in without an airplane. Right? And now, oops, out of water again. What is this class? Help me out. What is it? Remember, if we're looking for an answer, where, where, where you look? Yeah. Um, this is an opportunity, right? Yes. To say, well, we know we can do it. Right? right. Say it out loud, class. We know we can do it. We know. Should, should, how long would it take you to be convinced? He can split the Red Sea. He protected all our babies when the firstborn of Egypt died. He, he protected our livestock. He protected our cows and our sheep and our camels when the plague and the hail came through. He protected us. Why would you not begin to be convinced or been convinced long ago? God can do it. Say it out loud. God, God can, can do, it. do it. But the reason this is called Massa and Meribah, we got down to this part, verse 4, chapter 17, that Moses had cried to the Lord. He said, what will I do with this people? They'd be almost ready to stone me. They're ready to, uh, to kill me. Now, what a stupid thing that would be, right? Like anybody else has got a clue what to do out here, right? <laughs> and you're going to kill the one person that's been getting your answers from God every day. <laughs> That's the is that the devil or is that the devil? Makes no sense, but they're about ready to do it. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you the elders of Israel and, that, and your rod wherewith you smote the river 
That's back in Egypt, one of the signs and miracles. And, and take it in your hand and go, and behold, I will stand before you there upon the rock in Horeb, and you will smite the rock, and there will come water out of it, that the people may drink. Why in the world would you do it this way? Couldn't he have just led them to an oasis? Yeah. He didn't want to do it that way. He wanted to do it this way. He wanted it written down. For all future generations. For one thing we're seeing. That rock was Christ. That. You know Jesus said on the last day of the feast. The one that believes on me. As it is written out of his belly. Will flow rivers. Of living water. And this spoke he of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody say rivers. Of living water. Flowing out of what? The rock. The rock. And he called the name of the place Masa, which means uh, temptation or testing. And Meribah, which means chiding or strife. He called the name of the place temptation and strife. Because of the chiding or striving of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, they tested the Lord. And here we're given an exact quote of what they were saying that God called testing him. What'd they say? Is the Lord among us or not? And this is when the Lord said, when the Lord quoted this in the wilderness temptation, you shall not test the Lord your God. He's saying, you don't do this. You can ask a question when you want to know the answer. But you don't ask a question challenging God to prove to you that he's there. When you should have figured that out nine miracles ago. Huh? Right? God's not the one being tested here. They are the ones failing tests. Failing tests. When instead of asking such a question... Is God here? It was a perfect opportunity to volunteer and say, He is here. Wouldn't that be faith? That'd be faith when no water, no clue, no plan. You don't feel like we're having a revival. You're parched. You're dry. Huh? Your wife is thirsty. Your kids are thirsty. Your sheep are thirsty. Your donkeys are thirsty. It's the perfect time. To say, well, I know this. God's going to take care of us. He's here. He is here. He was there at the Red Sea. Hallelujah. He was there at Marah. He was there with the manna. Huh? Why would he do all that? Just to let us starve of water out here now. That's not his plan. He's here. So what's the deal? Get excited, boys. We're about to see another miracle. Were they? Were they? They were about to see something nobody's ever seen. Nobody's ever heard of. Waters gushing out of a stone. Enough to satisfy millions of people and their livestock. Go with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 78. And if, you, if you're unfamiliar with this, take the time later and read this entire psalm. It's a, 
It's lengthy. Number of verses that go with it. Um, 72 verses. But it is so concise and amazing in how all the things we've been talking about, about the journeys of Israel and all these trials and temptations of chapters and chapters and chapters, it's kind of summarized in this one psalm. And there's information in here you don't find in Exodus. Details about how it happened and what happened, you won't find anywhere else. It's really exciting. Psalm 78, he's, he's saying, verse 4, we will not hide these things from our children. Uh, and we're showing the generation to come the praises of the Lord. Verse 6, that the generation to come might know even the children which should be born. It's going to be born later. They will arise and declare it to their children. What? The great mighty signs and wonders and things that God has done. Do we still need to be talking about them today? Oh, absolutely. Do we need to tell them our children? They need to tell their children. Verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. See, that's exactly what we read in Hebrews 3. He said, uh, their, their heart's not right, and they haven't known my ways. He said, verse 10, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he showed them. Marvelous things that he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea. And caused them to pass through it. He made the waters to stand as an heap. Now you'll find that there are some today that are referring both to what the accounts of Genesis and the, uh, as a creation myth. And these kind of accounts like the splitting of the Red Sea, they say, well, those are, you know, uh, myths but they portray great truths. This is where you and I need to get real strong. Huh? And go, oh no. No, this is not a myth. It is not a symbolic story that didn't happen. There's a Red Sea. It's still there. Right? Huh? And there was a day when the children of Israel were trapped at the border of the sea and Pharaoh's army bearing down on them and God caused a wind to blow. Hallelujah. And it blew and blew and blew. I mean, we just not long ago up in Tampa, the wind blew and the water emptied out of the bay. How's that so hard to believe? That the wind can blow hard enough that it moves the water out. And when the wind blows and the temperature drops, things freeze. Still happens today. Right? No, this happened. We need to talk about it like the facts that they are. Hmm? And, and we, are, we will not entertain. Somebody says, well, you know, maybe it did. Maybe it, No, it did. And if you don't think so, you know, I'm not going to fight with you about it, but don't try to convince me. 
that it didn't happen, you are an unbeliever. And that's dangerous. Because if you don't believe the word, that's an indication you're lost. It's very serious stuff. People want to act academic about these things. Well, it's beautiful poetry and it's all symbolic. Well, no, the Lord will tell you if it's a parable or a similitude. If he says it happened, it happened. Genesis happened. The Red Sea split. And that's what he's saying. We need to not forget these things, these wonders that he showed, these marvelous things that he did. Need to tell our children, they need to tell their children, and they need to tell their children. And it never needs to stop. He divided the sea, caused them to pass through. He made the waters to stand as an heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness. Isn't this what we're reading about right now? And gave them drink as out of the great depths. Now, I mean, this wouldn't be too hard to figure. If you're, if you're going to give millions of people and all their livestock enough water to satisfy them and take care of them for days and days and days, ever how long it was in this place, you're not talking about a few gallons or a swimming pool full of water. Right? This water broke forth through that rock out of the depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Not even just a river. We're talking major flow. Is that right? Well, it would take it. It would take it. And so I reckon when uh, Moses smoked a rock, he probably had to get out of the way. Is that right? When that, thing, when that thing starts moving and it just kept enlarging and enlarging and enlarging, next thing you know, it's like rivers flowing out of there. Well, it, it would need to continue for some distance and stream just to reach the hundreds of thousands of people, right, that's, that's behind them. And he brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Now let me stop here. I wish it would be this way. But having been there, seeing this, drinking this wonderful, deep, cold, good water for these weeks or months or ever how long it was out of here, should you have water faith? <laughs> From now on, right? Should, should you ever get in a situation with no water where you'd just be hopeless again? Or could you immediately refer back and go, well, let me tell you now, we thought we had no water back there. But look what God did. And what, with every one of these things, God is showing himself, I can do this. I don't need that. I don't have to have this. <laughs> I can do it in a way you never imagined. I can do it in ways you never dreamed of. Huh? Just trust me. Just believe me. Just listen to me. And what should you be so, saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here. You can do it. That's such a simple phrase, but that can be very strong faith. What do you mean? God, you can do it. Huh? Everybody said out loud, God. God. I know. I know. 
You can do it. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is beyond your knowledge, your understanding. Nothing is beyond your reach and your power. You can do it. <laughs> you, you can do it. I'm, I'm convinced you can do it. I'm fully persuaded you can do it. Hmm? And you say that before the water comes out of the rod. Is that right? And that pleases God when you say it before the water shows up. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. Hallelujah. It said that he claved the rocks and the waters came out in streams and they ran down like rivers. And the New Testament said that rock was Christ. Verse 19, but they spoke against God and they said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? This is that testing God. He smote the rock, waters gushed out, streams overflowed. He gave us bread. He gave flesh. But can he? Can he do it out here? Can he? That, my friend, is testing God. That is tempting God. That is challenging God. Prove it to us. Yeah, he did that, but can he do this? Is he here? All you got to do is, can he? Just turn it around. He can. Is that right? God can. Don't give us none of this, can God. God can. Come on, somebody say, God can. God can. And if you'll trust him, he will. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, our time's up again. Say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world. By faith, I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, you are growing. I can sense it. Come back uh, next time and next week for us. We're going to get into a lot more of this. We've got more episodes to go. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Well, brother believers, we're growing. I enjoyed being with you this week. At the end of every week, I like to speak, increase, and agree with all of our partners. Many have, are believing with us, praying for us, even sowing seed into this to, to continue this and help this. If you're not a partner, there's information on the screen. You can find out more. But we read these scriptures in Psalm 78. They said, can God provide a table? Can he do it here? And we're told, don't talk like that. Don't think like that. Uh, can God take care of me where I am in my situation, the way the job is, the community? Stop that, turn it around and say, yes, God can. God can meet my needs. He can enable me to pay my bills. Me, where I am now in these days. Say it out loud, yes, God can. Yes, God can. God can meet all my needs. God can help me get caught up and pay all my bills. God can, and He will. I believe I receive it. Lord, I speak increase over all our partners. I claim extra coming into their life to pay their bills and get caught up, 
and get ahead. And off of every seed they've sown into this ministry, I believe with them for multiplied harvest and return in Jesus' name. We lay hold of it to reap it. I call every need man. Praise God. Well, we'll see you again next week in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.